0: Section nine of the Elements of Botany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. L i b r i v o x .org. The Elements of Botany by Asa Gray. Flowers, Parts One through Three flowers are for the production of seed stems and branches which for a time put forth leaves for vegetation may at length put forth flowers for reproduction part one: position and arrangement of flowers or inflorescence flower buds appear just where leaf buds appear that is they are either terminal or axillary morphologically flowers answer to shoots or branches and their parts to leaves in the same species the flowers are usually from axillary buds only or from terminal buds only but in some they are both axillary and terminal inflorescence which is the name used by linnaeus to signify mode of flower arrangement is accordingly of three classes namely indeterminate when the flowers are in the axils of leaves that is are from axillary buds determinate, when they are from terminal buds, and so terminate a stem or branch, and mixed, when these two are combined. Indeterminate inflorescence, likewise and for the same reason called indefinite inflorescence, is so named because, as the flowers all come from axillary buds, the terminal bud may keep on growing and prolong the stem indefinitely. This is so in moneywort. When flowers thus arise singly from the axils of ordinary leaves, they are axillary and solitary, not collected into flower clusters. But when several or many flowers are produced near each other, the accompanying leaves are apt to be of smaller size or of different shape or character. Then they are called bracts, and the flowers thus brought together form a cluster. The kinds of flower clusters of the indeterminate class have received distinct names according to their form and disposition. They are principally raceme, corym, umble, spike, head, spadix, catkin, and panicle. In defining these, it will be necessary to use some of the following terms of descriptive botany which relate to inflorescence. If a flower is stalkless, i e sits directly in the axle or other support it is said to be sessile if raised on a naked stalk of its own it is pedunculate and the stalk is a peduncle a peduncle on which a flower cluster is raised is a common peduncle that which supports each separate flower of the cluster is a partial peduncle and is generally called a pedicel the portion of the general stalk along which flowers are disposed is called the axis of inflorescence, or, when covered with sessile flowers, the rachis, backbone, and sometimes the receptacle. The leaves of a flower cluster generally are termed bracts, but when bracts of different orders are to be distinguished, those on the common peduncle or axis, and which have a flower in their axle, keep the name of bracts. And those on the pedicels or partial flower stalks, if any, that of bractlets or bracteoles. The former is the preferable English name. A raceme is that form of flower cluster in which the flowers, each on their own footstalk or pedicel, are arranged along the sides of a common stalk or axis of inflorescence, as in the lily of the valley, currant, barberry, one section of cherry, etc. Each flower comes from the axle of a small leaf or bract, which, however, is often so small that it might escape notice, and even sometimes, as in the mustard family, disappears altogether. The lowest blossoms of a raceme are, of course, the oldest, and therefore open first, and the order of blossoming is ascending from the bottom to the top. The summit, never being stopped by a terminal flower, may go on to grow. And often does so as in the common shepherd's purse producing lateral flowers one after another for many weeks a corymb is the same as a raceme except that it is flat and broad either convex or level topped that is a raceme becomes a corymb by lengthening the lower pedicels while the uppermost remains shorter the axis of a corymb is short in proportion to the lower pedicels by extreme shortening of the axis, the corymb may be converted into an umbel, as in the milkweed, a sort of flower cluster where the pedicels all spring apparently from the same point, from the top of the peduncle, so as to resemble, when spreading, the rays of an umbrella, whence the name. Here, the pedicels are sometimes called the rays of the umbel, and the bracts, when brought in this way into a cluster or circle, form what is called an involucre the corymb and the umbel being more or less level-topped bringing the flowers into a horizontal plane or a convex form the ascending order of development appears as centripetal that is the flowering proceeds from the margin or circumference regularly towards the centre the lower flowers of the former answering to the outer ones of the latter in these three kinds of flower clusters the flowers are raised on conspicuous pedicels or stalks of their own the shortening of these pedicels so as to render the flowers sessile or nearly so converts a raceme into a spike and a corymb or an umbel into a head a spike is a flower cluster with more or less lengthened axis along which the flowers are sessile or nearly so as in the plantain. A head, or capitulum, is a round or roundish cluster of flowers, which are sessile on a very short axis or receptacle, as in the buttonball, buttonbush, and red clover. It is just what a spike would become if its axis were shortened, or an umbel, if its pedicels were all shortened until the flowers became sessile the head of the buttonbush is naked but that of the thistle of the dandelion and the like is surrounded by empty bracts which form an involucre two particular forms of the spike and the head have received particular names namely the spadix and the catkin a spadix is a fleshy spike or head with small and often imperfect flowers as in the kaya indian turnip sweet flag etc it is commonly surrounded or embraced by a peculiar enveloping leaf called a spathe. A catkin, or ament is the name given to the scaly sort of spike of the birch and alder, the willow and poplar, and one sort of flower clusters of the oak, hickory, and the like, the so-called amantaceous trees. Compound flower clusters of these kinds are not uncommon. When the stalks, which in the simple umbel are the pedicels of single flowers themselves, branch into an umbel, a compound umbel is formed. This is the inflorescence of caraway, parsnip, and almost all of the great family of umbiliferous, umbel bearing plants. The secondary or partial umbels of a compound umbel are umblets. When the umblets are subtended by an involucre, this secondary involucre is called an involucel a compound raceme is a cluster of racemes racemosely arranged as in smilocena racemosa a compound corum is a corum some branches of which branch again in the same way as in mountain ash a compound spike is a spicately disposed cluster of spikes a panicle such as that of oats and many grasses is a compound flower cluster of a more or less open sort which branches with apparent irregularity neither into corums nor racemes it is as it were a raceme of which some of the pedicels have branched so as to bear a few flowers on pedicels of their own while others remain simple a compound panicle is one that branches in this way again and again determinate inflorescence is that in which the flowers are from terminal buds the simplest case is that of a solitary terminal flower this stops the growth of the stem for its terminal bud becoming a blossom can no more lengthen in the manner of a leaf bud any further growth must be from axillary buds developing into branches if such branches are leafy shoots at length terminated by single blossoms the inflorescence still consists of solitary flowers at the summit of stem and branches but if the flowering branches bear only bracts in place of ordinary leaves the result is the kind of flower cluster called a cyme this is commonly a flat-topped or convex flower cluster like a corum only the blossoms are from terminal buds consider the simplest cyme in a plant with opposite leaves namely with three flowers the middle flower terminates the stem the two others terminate branches one from the axle of each of the uppermost leaves and being later than the middle one the flowering proceeds from the centre outwards or is centrifugal this is the opposite of the indeterminate mode or that where all the flower buds are axillary if flowering branches appear from the axles below the lower ones are the later so that the order of blossoming continues centrifugal or which is the same thing descending making a sort of reversed raceme or false raceme a kind of cluster which is to the true raceme just what the flat cyme is to the corymb wherever there are bracts or leaves buds may be produced from their axils and appear as flowers consider the case where branches each with a pair of small leaves or bracts about their middle have branched again and produced branchlets and flowers on each side it is the continued repetition of this which forms the full or compound cyme such as that of the loristinus hobblebush dogwood and hydrangea a fascicle, meaning a bundle like that of the sweet william and lichness of the gardens is only a cyme with the flowers much crowded a glomurule is a cyme still more compacted so as to imitate a head it may be known from a true head by the flowers not expanding centripetally that is not from the circumference towards the centre the illustrations of determinate or cymose inflorescence have been taken from plants with opposite leaves which give rise to the most regular cymes but the rose cinquefoil buttercup etc with alternate leaves furnish also good examples of cymose inflorescence. A cymule, or diminutive cyme, is either a reduced small cyme of few flowers, or a branch of a compound cyme, i.e. a partial cyme. Scorpioid or helicoid cymes of various sorts are forms of determinate inflorescence, often puzzling to the student in which one-half of the ramification fails to appear so that they may be called incomplete cymes the commoner forms may be understood by comparing a complete cyme with a cyme of an opposite-leaved plant having a series of terminal flowers and the axis continued by the development of a branch in the axle of only one of the leaves at each node consider the wanting branches which if present would convert the scorpioid cyme into a complete one these are kinds of false racemes when the bracts are also wanting in such cases as in many boraginous plants the true nature of the inflorescence is very much disguised these distinctions between determinate and indeterminate inflorescence between corymbs and cymes and between the true and false raceme and spike were not recognized by botanists much more than half a century ago, and even now are not always attended to in descriptions. It is still usual and convenient to describe rounded or flat topped and open ramification as corymbose, even when essentially cymose, also to call the reversed or false racemes or spikes by these strictly incorrect names, Mixed inflorescence is that in which the two plans are mixed or combined in compound clusters. A mixed panicle is one in which, while the primary ramification is of the indeterminate order, the secondary or ultimate is wholly or partially of the determinate order. A contracted or elongated inflorescence of this sort is called a thyrsus. Lilac and horse-chestnut afford common examples of mixed inflorescence of this sort. When loose and open, such flower clusters are called by the general name of panicles. The heads of compositae are centripetal, but the branches or peduncles which bear the heads are usually of centrifugal order. Part 2. Parts or organs of the flower. These were simply indicated in Section 2. Some parts are necessary to seed-bearing these are essential organs namely the stamens and pistils others serve for protection or for attraction often for both such are the leaves of the flower or the floral envelopes the floral envelopes taken together are sometimes called the perianth also paragon in latin form paragonium in a flower which possesses its full number of organs The floral envelopes are of two kinds, namely, an outer circle, the calyx, and an inner, the corolla. The calyx is commonly a circle of green or greenish leaves, but not always. It may be the most brightly colored part of the blossom. Each calyx leaf or piece is called a sepal. The corolla is the inner circle of floral envelopes or flower leaves, usually of delicate texture and coloured that is of some other colour than green each corolla leaf is called a petal there are flowers in abundance which consist wholly of floral envelopes such are the so-called full double flowers of which the choicer roses and camellias of the cultivator are familiar examples in them under the gardener's care and selection petals have taken the place of both stamens and pistils these are monstrous or unnatural flowers incapable of producing seed and subservient only to human gratification their common name of double flowers is not a sensible one except that it is fixed by custom it were better to translate their latin name flores pleni and call them full flowers meaning full of leaves moreover certain plants regularly produce neutral flowers consisting of floral envelopes only some are seen around the margin of the cyme and hydrangea they are likewise familiar in the hobble-bush and in wild cranberry tree viburnum oxycoccus, where they form an attractive setting to the cluster of small and comparatively inconspicuous perfect flowers which they adorn in the gilder rose or snowball of ornamental cultivation all or most of the blossoms of this same shrub are transformed into neutral flowers the essential organs are likewise of two kinds placed one above or within the other namely first the stamens or fertilizing organs and second the pistils which are to be fertilized and bear the seeds a stamen consists of two parts namely the filament or stalk and the anther the latter is the only essential part it is a case commonly with two lobes or cells each opening lengthwise by a slit at the proper time and discharging a powder or dust-like substance usually of a yellow colour this powder is the pollen or fertilizing matter to produce which is the office of the stamen a pistil when complete has three parts ovary style and stigma the ovary, at base, is the hollow portion, which contains one or more ovules or rudimentary seeds. The style is the tapering portion above. The stigma is a portion of the style, usually its tip, with moist naked surface upon which grains of pollen may lodge and adhere, and thence make a growth which extends down to the ovules. When there is no style, then the stigma occupies the tip of the ovary the torus or receptacle is the end of the flower stalk or the portion of axis or stem out of which the several organs of the flower grow upon which they are born the parts of the flower are thus disposed on the receptacle or axis essentially as are leaves upon a very short stem first the sepals or outer floral leaves then the petals or inner floral leaves then the stamens lastly at summit or centre the pistils when there are two or more of them or the single pistil when only one consider the organs two of each kind of such a simple and symmetrical flower as that of a sedum or stonecrop part three plan of flower all flowers are formed upon one general plan but with almost infinite variations and many disguises this common plan is best understood by taking for a type or standard for comparison some perfect complete regular and symmetrical blossom and one as simple as such a blossom could well be flowers are said to be perfect or hermaphrodite when provided with both kinds of essential organs i e with both stamens and pistils complete when besides they have the two sets of floral envelopes namely calyx and corolla such are completely furnished with all that belongs to a flower regular when all the parts of each set are alike in shape and size symmetrical when there is an equal number of parts in each set or circle of organs flax flowers were taken for a pattern in section two but in them the five pistils have their ovaries as it were consolidated into one body sedum has the pistils and all the other parts free from such combination the flower is perfect complete regular and symmetrical but is not quite as simple as it might be for there are twice as many stamens as there are of the other organs crassula a relative of sedum Cultivated in the conservatories for winter blossoming, is simpler, being isosteminous, or with just as many stamens as petals or sepals, while sedum is diplosteminous, having double that number. It has, indeed, two sets of stamens. Numerical plan A certain number either runs through the flower or is discernible in some of its parts. This number is most commonly either five or three not very rarely four occasionally two thus the ground plan of the flowers thus far used for illustration is five that of trillium is three as it likewise is as really if not as plainly in tulips and lilies crocuses iris and all that class of blossoms in some sedums all the flowers are in fours in others the first flowers are on the plan of five the rest mostly on the plan of four that is with four sepals four petals eight stamens i e twice four and four pistils whatever the ground number may be it runs through the whole in symmetrical blossoms alternation of the successive circles in these flowers the parts of the successive circles alternate and such is the rule that is the petals stand over the intervals between the sepals the stamens when of the same number stand over the intervals between the petals or when twice as many as in the trillium the outer set alternates with the petals and the inner set alternating with the other of course stands before the petals and the pistils alternate with these this is just as it should be on the theory that the circles of the blossoms answer to whorls of leaves which alternate in this way while in such flowers the circles are to be regarded as whorls, in others they are rather to be regarded as condensed spirals of alternate leaves but however this may be in the mind of a morphological botanist flowers are altered branches and their parts therefore altered leaves that is certain buds which might have grown and lengthened into a leafy branch do under other circumstances and to accomplish other purposes develop into blossoms in these the axis remains short nearly as it is in the bud the leaves therefore remain close together in sets or circles the outer ones those of the calyx generally partake more or less of the character of foliage the next set are more delicate and form the corolla while the rest the stamens and pistils appear under forms very different from those of ordinary leaves and are concerned in the production of seed this view gives to botany an interest which one who merely notices the shape and counts the parts of blossoms without understanding their plan has no conception of that flowers answer to branches may be shown first from their position As explained in the section on inflorescence, flowers arise from the same places as branches and from no other. Flower buds, like leaf buds, appear either on the summit of a stem, that is, as a terminal bud, or in the axle of a leaf, as an axillary bud. And as the plan of a symmetrical flower shows, the arrangement of the parts on their axis or receptacle is that of leaves upon the stem that the sepals and petals are of the nature of leaves is evident from their appearance they are commonly called the leaves of the flower the calyx is most generally green in colour and fallacious leaf-like in texture and though the corolla is rarely green yet neither are proper leaves always green in our wild painted cup and in some scarlet sages common in gardens The leaves just under the flowers are of the brightest red or scarlet, often much brighter colored than the corolla itself. And sometimes, as in many cactuses and in Carolina allspice, there is such a regular gradation from the last leaves of the plant, bracts or bractlets, into the leaves of the calyx that it is impossible to say where one ends and the other begins. If sepals are leaves, so also are petals. For there is no clearly fixed limit between them not only in the carolina allspice and cactus but in the water lily and in a variety of flowers with more than one row of petals there is such a complete transition between calyx and corolla that no one can surely tell how many of the leaves belong to the one and how many to the other that stamens are of the same general nature as petals and therefore a modification of leaves is shown by the gradual transitions that occur between the one and the other in many blossoms especially in cultivated flowers such as roses and camellias when they begin to double that is to change their stamens into petals some wild and natural flowers show the same interesting transitions the carolina allspice and the white water lily exhibit complete gradations not only between sepals and petals but between petals and stamens the sepals of our water-lily are green outside but white and petal-like on the inside the petals in many rows gradually grow narrower towards the centre of the flower some of these are tipped with a trace of a yellow anther but still are petals the next are more contracted and stamen-like but with a flat petal-like filament and a further narrowing of this completes the genuine stamen pistils and stamens now and then change into each other in some willows Pistils often turn into petals in cultivated flowers, and in the double cherry they are occasionally replaced by small green leaves. Sometimes a whole blossom changes into a cluster of green leaves, as in the green roses, occasionally noticed in gardens, and sometimes it degenerates into a leafy branch. So the botanist regards pistils also as answering to leaves, that is, to single leaves when simple and separate. To a whorl of leaves when conjoined. End of section 9. Recording by Mackenzie Nicole Greenwood for LibriVox.org in February of 2018.